dude, we're zooming through this light tunnel and these lights get blurry and sometimes they turn gray. But when you're zooming through the light tunnel, you get the purple. Sometimes you find a dead, washed up iguana <laughs> on the shore of the beach and you're like, what the fuck just happened? This is smooth brain, man. sad once you pass 21 it's it really does feel like your body's like entering adulthood which should be your prime but mm. also shit's like gonna start hurting yeah i feel like a life cycle perfectly synchronizes with a high where like at first maybe it's overwhelming and then it gets really good and then you kind of you know more about how it feels and you can kind of control it more as it tapers down yeah and then it just gets less and less and less and then it's gone. That's how I feel like human life is. And it gives me a tremendous amount of anxiety every time I feel like a little like step down. Like when you stretch in the morning, you're like, oh, I'm fucking worse now. Uh-huh. I don't think that has to be a linear like downward slope though. Like in, mm -hmm. this, in this frame, I'm definitely more optimistic than I am realistic because realistically I can see how shit would only get worse once you're sort of like past your body's natural prime, like physically. Yep. Um, but I'm convinced that once you hit 50-ish, if you set your life up the right way, that could be your prime, like mentally. Like you might have way more fun in your 50s and 60s than you had any other point in your life. Agreed. I think it's like even though your, your like neurons might be decaying, it doesn't mean that the, common, like the output of your neurons is not better than it used to be. I think the trick is just not doing something for 20 years leading up to 50 where you no longer know who you were at 30. Like you need to, mm. you need to capture your feeling when you're in your prime and go like, even if I have other life responsibilities, I need to return to this later when those responsibilities start to dwindle. But I feel like most people forget entirely who they were and who they wanted to be over the course of, you know, that 30 to 50 range. Definitely. That's important because I do a lot of things and I want to, I'm like, this would make young Mateo super stoked that we're doing this. And I like, I want to be constantly living like that mm -hmm. and yeah. not like living prisoner to that. Yeah, it's a good guider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the be your own hero thing, too. Or it's totally possible to do all the things that you thought were going to be really cool to do. That's the interesting part about getting older in my mind that's cool is there is, and I harp on this all the time now, there's this big realization that nobody in this position of success that, you know, you see externally, like, you know, let's say other really famous podcasters, like nobody is that much of an expert at it and that amazing at it. It's just they did it like just doing anything puts you ahead of like 90% of the crowd. Yeah. Uh, and, and like if you put the effort in, I think it's pretty it's not easy to be successful. It's hard work, but mm -hmm. it's achievable. Like absolutely anything you want to do is achievable. My dad always told me as a kid, like if it's easy, anybody could do it. And that's so corny, but it's so right. Mm -hmm. He used to push me into like these huge waves while surfing and it scared me away from surfing. And I'm like, surfing's hard. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But it, that's a good metaphor for like, there's a high barrier to entry, but it's worth doing. Then you have your thing. Everybody right. needs a thing. Like mm -hmm. what Joey Diaz says. What worked to me is you got to do something. You ever meet somebody that don't do nothing? Yeah, you ever meet yeah. somebody that don't do nothing? Uh -huh. They don't do nothing. Like a, <laughs> they don't date. They don't, they don't do drugs. They don't play checkers. <laughs> they don't do nothing. How long do you like those people for? You don't. <laughs> I like people a little bit of edge to them. They got to do something. <laughs> If you tell me I don't like alcoholics, but I love heroin, I'm in. 
<laughs> if you tell me you, you suck toes for breakfast, I'm in. <laughs> you got to do something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to have a little edge. Activities need their own edge, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, it's weird when you define yourself by something that anyone could do. You know, you're like, oh, I'm into drinking. And you're like, hey, you open a bottle and you've yeah. completed that task. Yeah. It's the zero to one. If the zero to one's really easy, then it's like, well, that's not special at all because I could start that today and be right. into it. But if the zero to one takes like weeks or months to actually figure out, then that's the barrier between like everybody else and you doing this hard thing is just the Definitely. zero to one process. Um, speaking of realizations, I had a realization yesterday. I'll, I'll, I'll get to the story later, but like, uh, here's the realization. Wrote this down on the notes. Life is a color tunnel. Oh, baby. I can't believe you didn't think that was as important as it is. It's so important. I it's, mean, like, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> the broadness is the value in this statement, right? Like, once you explain it, it will be probably less universal. Mm -hmm. But color tunnel is just... Too it's good great. of a phrase. Like take the take the rainbow or like the RGB scale of like that circle. Okay. I want you to print it out and wrap it up in a like in a in a tube and tape it together like you have a straw and you're basically traveling through that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like there's colors and feelings passing you by, but more specifically, I was doing mushrooms yesterday and Zell and I were walking down the street and there was flowers and different colors and vibes. The sky was like this blue gray reflecting off the ocean. There was like purple flowers going on and it was just like beautiful. But like you remember these colors and like you take the color in and then you walk past and you go on to the next color. Mm -hmm. And there's I, I would argue there's no way to hold on to the colors that you did pass by. You shouldn't like, be. You should no. be enjoying the colors and moving on. If mm -hmm. you try to get stuck on one color too long. I mean, you should stay there naturally. Like, you'll mm -hmm. be there for a bit. Yeah. But then if you, like, go out of your way to stay at one color in life, then you're not going to be able to enjoy, like, a different color. Well, and I also would also argue that those colors eventually repeat, you know? Mm -hmm. It's yes. not infinitely different colors. It's you're going through this repetition cycle of, of different, you know, feelings and moods as you progress through that color tunnel. And if, if you miss a mood, it's like, don't try to lock yourself into that mood because it'll come back if you just let yourself experience these other things on the way back to that mood. You know, and this ties right back into Greg's maze. Like, you shouldn't be stuck at the top, afraid your life's going to go backwards mm -hmm. or right. trying to stay there. You have to be moving forward in life, and you're going to find those feelings again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, stagnation is definitely the pain of it, of, like, trying to be like, oh, I want to stay here. It's mm -hmm. like, no, once this thing doesn't look cool anymore, let's look at something else. And eventually it'll come back to the same coolness. I would be interested, too, if you have any insights about the the frequency of the colors that appear. Like, would you say, would you say it mostly equals out or do you think there are certain colors that dominate that tunnel? I think it depends on your mood and what you're focused on. Because if you're having a bad time, like the trip did kind of go bad. And um, so I kind of got super stressed out and then I wasn't focusing on the beauty of everything as much. And yeah. everything in a way turned a bit more gray, but I wasn't really focusing on the grayness. I was like, mm -hmm. get home and get the shit done. Ray is really interesting in terms of going into color science out of like, you were probably talking about saturation rather yeah. than like, it wasn't gray the color. It was gray like everything was like. Things lost this color. I lost my focus on the color. Because right. gray is important color. Right. Like real gray is cool. Real but desaturation really cool. is, I think, pretty heavily associated with like, this is worse now. Mm -hmm. Real gray is a beautiful canvas. You can mm -hmm. put so many, like these walls are gray. 
Yeah. And they're a bit dark in my opinion, but like I could put these panels up. We put these little green stuff up and mm-hmm. it like, it's like a beautiful blank slate, I guess. I would almost describe gray as like a transition color. Like it, it's almost expressing that there's a transition happening in, in the mood in a way where it's like your space goes gray because you're in this weird transitory phase of like reaching out to the next color that's coming in. But with gray walls, it is like a, it's a canvas that can naturally transition. Dude, we're zooming through this light tunnel and these lights get blurry and sometimes they turn gray. But when you're zooming through the light tunnel, you get the purple. Sometimes you find a dead, washed up iguana <laughs> on the shore of the beach and you're like, what the fuck just happened? What color did that bring up for you? Um, I was pretty stressed, but I took a couple pictures of it and moved on. But like, I, it was it was jarring, honestly, because it was like we're outside. It's beautiful. It's a bit cold. But it was like really good, kind of like Northwest winter vibes, kind of. Yeah. Maybe not winter vibes, but like beach vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our and winter that was vibes. like, <laughs> this brings it to a whole different analogy. No, I'm ready. But that's like you're on your Pinterest board and something yes, completely sir. different shows up that isn't on it. Zell and I were talking about this. Like life's like you put yourself in a room, you put yourself in a group, and then you kind of build this Pinterest board. And this kind of goes off from the color wheel. No, dude, that's actually a super fascinating way of looking at it of like, let's say a chunk of time is a session on Pinterest. Um, what is given to you on Pinterest, much like in life, is halfway controlled by you, halfway controlled by life. Mm-hmm. And if something really jarring comes up, you're like, whoa, this has really disrupted the feeling. When you focus on that, when you go on the picture, I didn't know this, when you go on the picture and zoom in on the picture on Pinterest, it brings you similar things, similar vibes. Yes. You keep on going down that rabbit hole, you're so far from the start, it becomes a bit unpleasant. So when you're focusing too much on these colors and trying to stick on one thing too much, mm-hmm. you're too far down the rabbit hole and life becomes unpleasant. Your trip becomes unpleasant. And that's like why change and like energy transfer, pardon the expression, is the that's like the key to your experience mm-hmm. of like the actual input is kind of just what it is and how you navigate it affects so deeply your experience. Cause I would, I would say like seeing a dead lizard on the beach is sort of the energy transfer. Bro, this like is an something, iguana. This thing was huge. Igu- this yeah, thing yeah, was yeah. this big. <laughs> yeah. Seeing a massive iguana on the beach is like, it's jarring in a way of like, okay, so now like the rest of my day is going to diverge. Like if it was a fork in the road, like seeing that iguana is going to push you down the other side of that fork instead of the standard fork you would have been down. Yeah. And mm. even if it's jarring in the moment, like there's for sure value in oh, you now absolutely. moving down this different route in life that you would have never, you know, went down before. And it's kind of cool because I think you find things you enjoy when you go down those like little forks in the road. I, I like to look at spiders, man. They're kind of creepy, but like mm. I kind of mm-hmm. like that feeling of creepiness. Yeah. I'm not going to like let one touch me or crawl on me, but like a good photo of like one of those tarantulas or like a creepy looking like Australian jumping spider like those are crazy dude well there's so much like interesting stuff behind what normally is a layer of fear Mm -hmm. like it kind of comes back to the fear conversation of if you can drop the layers of fear that you have around certain stuff then you get to see all the detail and beauty in the thing you at at first feared and actually like wow like this has given me whole new insights there's like other complex emotions behind fear Mm mm-hmm Yes. That's why I feel like the light dark coloring is a bad system of viewing the world of like the dark is not inherently bad. Like we associate that with fear and it's like, well, fear is like an emotion 
and dark and light is just states. So the sense that like a spider is just like a beautiful thing in itself. And because people are afraid of them, they get the feeling of fear and they think it's ugly. And it's like, actually, everything color wise is beautiful in its own right. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just have to be like, am I feeling anxious or scared or am I happy and positive? And then what things bring that on is individual. That's why I, I also like this is kind of your viewpoint is at least you're the one who brought it up to me is the idea of this non-dualism thing. I feel like a lot of people actually they gravitate towards dualism as the explanation for it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to have these really bad feelings because it's dualism. Like I'll have good feelings. I'll have bad feelings. And it's like, no, all your feelings are just feelings like your bad yes. feelings, even though they may be unpleasant on the surface, always can have an underlying aspect that's actually, you know, valuable enough to make it into a good experience. But it's just yes. choosing to look at it that way and not succumbing to like the dualist mentality of it's just bad. So it's just going to be bad. It's like, no, there's always an underlying thing there that, that you can bring it home, you know, and connect it to your good side. And what I would add to that is like, or just like enhance about it is pain and death and sadness and darkness, like all of those things, sadness particularly is not a bad thing. Being sad is not bad. It's like every emotion is a quote unquote good emotion. Um, resisting your sadness feels horrible. And that's why people think of sadness as bad. But if you just go, oh, I'm a little down today. You know, I'm just going to keep doing the things I normally mm-hmm. do. Then you look later on and go, what a beautiful little like contrast to the positives in my life. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like the negative emotions are actually positive ones if you frame it that way yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely and that iguana was like a really interesting part of my day yes i sent it to my mom and i'm like what the fuck happened should have brought it to your mom (laughs) she would have made that tail dude so (laughs) this morning i grabbed a a large trash bag under the sink and we were gonna go get this iguana but it definitely washed out because Mm. the tide was way Mm. too high but it would have been great to do another smooth brain unboxing of me. Like, oh, that would be insane, dude. <laughs> Just pop it on the table. <laughs> yeah, my dad made it sound really sad. Because I was like, yeah, this washed up from Hawaii. And he was like, that's someone's pet. And I was like, oh. You know, like, actually think about what happened. I feel like someone, like, someone, iguan- someone brought their dead iguana to the beach and, like, tried to bury it or something. Oh, like, threw it in the mm. sea? Well, that makes me feel way better. I don't know. It gives me less faith in humanity. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> mm. Sometimes people's best intentions really drop the ball. Yeah. No way that iguana washed up from Hawaii, though. That thing would get eaten before Yeah, that. no. It's it was, a dead <laughs> thing. Yeah. Dead things a, get eaten in the ocean. I have a weird vision of the of it just being in somebody's yard and getting picked up by, like, a large bird and then dropped <laughs> in the ocean. Dude, this thing was way too big. Way too big? Way too big, big to get picked up by any bird. This thing was, like... The size of a small, medium dog. This thing's bigger oh than God. tank. So let's say, for visual reference, this table in front of us. If you laid the thing out tail to the head, how long do you think it would be? It would be about two-thirds the table. Okay. Maybe That's a more. big lizard. That's a it was big a big lizard. lizard. He was a mm-hmm. chonky boy. I, the fact that it wasn't a lizard and that it was like it has a special lizard name made me be like, That's a big-ass lizard. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> At the very beginning of the story, you were talking about... Uh, going through the color tunnel. Yeah. And you had brought up that you can't, oh, there's no way to truly remember the color. You can only experience the, the, the tunnel in real time. I feel like we're on a spaceship or like 
you yesterday were a little spaceship going through this massive color tunnel mm -hmm. and you, the spaceship, were experiencing firsthand the colors and there's a part of your brain that is in charge of recording and it just ones and zeros everything you're seeing. Mm -hmm. Or not, it, it's like it ones and zeros the most important part of your focus, not the whole experience. Um, I remember some colors though. I remember yeah, the purple with some flowers. That's exactly what I'm saying though, is like the part you're remembering right now is a uh, digital copy of it. Where when you were there, it was an analog copy. And I think that's a very fascinating, it's so helpful to have that digital copy so you can make adjustments to your future choices. Mm -hmm but it's not to be confused with the actual experience. Yeah, you don't get the same sort of emotions from it. Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. I'd also be interested to hear your guys' thoughts on whether you think you can influence the colors that are coming up. In my mind, if, if you frame things correctly, you can basically like have causal influence on like what will approach you next. Definitely. As far as color, 100%. Um, I put my shoes up on underneath the stairs. And we went, I went walking barefoot. And then when I went back, there was this dad and his kid was up by the kind of up on the base of the, of the stair set kind of playing around and the kids right by my shoes. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm kind of bummed. I have to go next to this kid and like walk past his dad. So I'm like, yo, let's grab his shoes real quick. He's like, oh, it's all good. And then after the end, I was like, thank you, man. Have a nice day. And I'm like, that mm -hmm. made the positive, that made the experience so much more positive in mm -hmm. my mind. Dude, I, I would even start doing that. I kind of having the same experience as you where it's you you make these realizations that you can make very small adjustments to the way you interact, you know, with the people around you or the things around you and completely change the way it goes. Mm -hmm. Like even driving through a fast food restaurant of when they ask you like, oh, how are you doing? Just responding like I'm doing good. How are you before just immediately jumping into your order, like consistently creates a much better experience. Like, you can tell on both ends that it's like, oh, now we're both having a, a nice, pleasant time. Yeah, like there's no there's no stress in this situation. Definitely. And even if there is a bit of stress, just keep on trying till the end. Mm -hmm. And then like you can at least say you've tried. Mm -hmm. You can tell when you break into someone's real brain and they turn off their like auto mm -hmm. responses and they'll be like, oh, my shift's like almost over. I got like 20 minutes till you're off. And you're like, that's sick, dude. I love mm -hmm. that feeling. And then now it's a good vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's about tone too. It's about genuinely meaning it. Where it's like, if this person in response to this question is going to give me an entire spiel, I'm like ready for that. Like that's what I'm inviting and I'll be happy to have that. Because you don't want to ask somebody in ill faith where you're like, I don't really care about your answer to this. If you're going to ask somebody and start something like that, it's like, oh, like, you know. Oh, man, it's a fine line though. Uh, we're <laughs> checking out of the Brown, checking into the Brownsville airport. Mm -hmm. And then this dude is like, hey man, I like your shoes. And I'm like, thank you. He had nice boots on. I'm like, I like your boots. And, um, and I was like, this is good. I'm happy that happened. But then he went on a whole fucking spiel about boots and shoes and his philosophy to shoes. And now he's like, I like how you wear these beat up Converse, man. I used to have this pair of beat up Converse about blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Then he talked to my mom. Like, I like your shoes. And my dad, I like your shoes. And we're, I'm like, what's your problem? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and that dude definitely has a problem, but that's almost opposite where you didn't invite that. Like That's that true. dude, that dude complimented your shoes and you, and you didn't invite that conversation in with your response. He just decided to have it anyways. I reciprocated like positive energy, but mm -hmm. I wasn't inviting in like a, yeah, a spiel. Mm -hmm. I love your guys' thoughts on, do you think that's related to damage? Cause I always see someone oversharing as like, oh, you don't have an outlet for your personality, but maybe it's just a different personality than what we have. 
it'd be hard to speak to because I don't have that type of personality, I feel like. Yeah. But when I think you're probably right in a way where it's like people are just excited to get it out. So they're like, oh, I don't get to I don't get to do this with other exactly. people. Exactly. So it's like when you see somebody with the shoes that he kind of only knows about and has personal stories about, he's like, this is my time. Like mm, I can share shine, this. Boys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like people who test the water just a, f a few more times than that. Like mm -hmm. if you said, oh, I like your shoes. And he says, oh, I like, you know, I loved wearing Converse back in high school. And if I'm like, cool. He cut it there. Then he's like, cool. We had an, it was still positive, but it was over, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Versus if you were like, oh yeah, where'd you get yours? Like, or what made you buy exactly. those? Then that's then, the invitation that's into the invitation. like a deeper conversation. And if you're not willing to check the water, I feel like that comes from you having a need that is unfilled. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of times they're not willing to check the water because they're afraid they're going to get denied. Right. Yeah. Mm. And they don't even know that that's why they don't check it. Mm. But it's like, Just jump in. I respect people, though, who do it as much as it would be an annoyance to me as well. If somebody did something mm. like that, it is taking the mindset of just I'm going to be me and do what I do. And if this person doesn't end up liking me for it, good. So be it. I don't need them around me. But you're also taking the chance that maybe this person is going to engage with you and maybe it will be something good where it, like it is in one way pretty respectable to go out on that limb and try to have that like, you know, longer conversation. Uh, but, but it does come back to the fact that it's like it's probably because they don't have anybody else to have the conversation with. A great counterpoint to, to my assertion is what you said or not what you said. Um, the dude we went climbing with with Sean. Mm -hmm. friend. I don't remember his Mike. name. Mike. Mike, yes. Um, he was someone who, he's from New York, and he has like a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. um, and when he first was chatting with us, I'm like a pretty closed off person. So him being yeah. like, get on this wall right now and climb this makes me be like, whoa, we're not going to get along. But he kept pushing that positivity and over the course made me be like, this dude's the sickest dude I've ever met. Okay. He's awesome. And he, and he actually made you achieve things that you kind of thought you weren't going to otherwise. It's not even like a double. He like quadrupled my ability mm -hmm. just through being like, you fucking got it. Like, yeah. go. Like, and you could tell he was genuine because at first you just can't tell, is this person being genuine about this or are they also fighting their own anxiety and acting this way because they're trying to get over that? But in his case, it was full genuine. Right. It was just he, like, I don't care who you are. I'm just like, I'm telling you how you should do it and how you'll have the most fun and feel the most, you know, reward within yourself. Yeah. And he successfully did that with you. Where it's like, damn. Like, that's the very man knows what he's doing. Because he wasn't damaged. He didn't need people to talk to. That's just the way he, he was just being authentic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where some people you're like, you might not talk that way if you weren't fear driven. Mm -hmm. So... Because there's a difference between anxious over talking and right. just, uh, you know, genuine, like straight directed at you because there's value in it. Right. Like, there's no fluff. It's like everything he was saying, even though it felt like he was almost like overstepping at first, in reality had no excess behind it. Like it was all things that worked towards, you know, He's digging for his gold. goal. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And that goes back to the uh, be of service. Like his, mm -hmm. all of his words were intentional. They mm -hmm. were not just like him ch chatting. Yeah. And, and when he was chatting, it was fun. Mm -hmm. And you if know? he was being overly nice to you, when you said, if you were hesitant at first, he would like overcompensate for that. Be like, oh, it's fine. Then you don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. But if you kind of go into that with a goal, you're adding value. Yes. Because mm -hmm. he wasn't even scared to put us through pain. No. Like he was pretty much like, like you're going to get scraped up and fall down this wall and who cares? Because don't you want to do it? It's like, yeah, do, yeah. and it's worth it. I love people who see potential and demand it. 
I think that's why a lot of times, like when I was younger, I preferred people who were mean to me is because I knew I was barely tapping into what I could be. And people who said that was okay and you're doing great. I was like, you're lying to me. And now I know I'm like, they weren't lying to me. They're trying to be nice. But mm-hmm. I do respect someone who's like, give it some juice, dude. Like, mm-hmm. Today, I decided to use my new charcuterie board to treat my wife when she got home from work. I cut up some fruit and some cheese. Oh, my God. I almost forgot to tell you guys. A man honked his horn at me today because he disapproved over something I was doing while I was driving. I didn't turn quick enough for him. And even though I don't really pray anymore, today I prayed that that man would develop a genuine love for roller skating. That it would just become his passion. He would build all of his friendships around it. Every gift he got and gave was about roller skating. I just prayed that this would become this man's whole life. That roller skating would become the primary marker of his identity. And then he would break his ankles, lose all of his friends, and die alone with children that hate him. Anyway, there's my wife. She's so surprised. She's so cute. Dude, that's a video about rabbit holes right there. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. I don't know. if Is it come first that you think this dude's going to... Are you like, I want this dude to break his ankles? Or do you first think about, I want this dude to have a passion and then figure out the way to murder that passion and then and then the ill wishes to come? It's like what a villain does. Like, mm-hmm. literally in The Dark Knight Rises, Bane put Bruce Wayne in that giant pit prison. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not only, not only am I doing this... I'm giving you a TV so you can watch Gotham burn to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's, it's pain plus an extra step. That just sounds like slavery with extra steps. Uh Or it's joy plus extra step of taking it all away and giving (laughs) Mm -hmm. that pain. Whoa, that's kind of hectic. It's like the ultimate, it's the ultimate torture or punishment, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Is that just what life is? The ultimate torture? I don't think so. I mean, if you want to view it that way, I yeah, can that's be. a horrible. I, I take that shit back, dude. Yeah, well, I think bad. it is. I think it's the ultimate torture, but it could also be like also the ultimate pleasure. It's that's the why ultimate it orgy for sure. Yeah, you just need a level of torture for it to for it to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I know that like very well. So mm-hmm. Greg, off I think you like the torture a bit, man. Dude, I love the torture. I Some of my greatest memories it, are torture. Yeah, yeah. I also, I believe we all get what we want, and you look at my life and see a lot of torture, and it's like it's probably. What into you know mm. greg's into that sort of shit mm-hmm. you know <laughs> greg's gonna have a little dark room in his future house dude with some some chains and shit for sure chains yeah, whoa you're get some- i feel like you're confused about the darkness that is my sex life <laughs> <laughs> dude. i feel like this is one of the more classic out-of-pocket rap lyrics but i didn't really notice the amount of out-of-pocket until i listened to it today uh, with the context behind it. Because at okay. first I was like, this is pretty funny, but it's also. Rest in peace to all the soldiers that die in the service. I dive in the service. <laughs> I, and the dive in the cervix is funny enough in itself. What I what I feel like I always undervalued was the fact that it comes right off the back of being like, I'm, you know, I'm saluting our soldiers that went to war and died, mm-hmm. you know, but like, but at, you know, the same time, I'm still diving in her cervix. Dude, I think, I mean, we hit on contrast a lot this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the contrast of the two lines that make them each really good. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw that dead iguana, and it made all the colors that much better, and all yeah. the colors I saw before that made the dead iguana that much cooler. Mm-hmm. And diving in that cervix after saluting the service, the soldiers who died in the service, dude. 
Well, and you just don't see it coming. You know, it's the element of surprise. Absolutely. It makes it so good. Because you could predict a lot of things that come after that. Like like the line before you could predict. The line before that is like like uh, all my homies that like, you know, died for the service. Like, yes, like not a military sir. thing, but like a gang thing. Mm-hmm. And then the next line, you know, understandably could be the military. But the next line, like you're never thinking he's pulling out cervix <laughs> yeah, at the end of his lyrics. Yeah, switches up the vibe yeah. completely. Just it barely like Mona rhymes. Lisa, Art, Lisa mm-hmm. Monin, that's some rap shit right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Bars. That's Bars. That's fact. That was good. I have one more lyric, and I'm like, there's a. It, I feel like there is a double meaning behind this, but I I can't imagine this making it through. Like, I don't know if this person has a label or like, you know, I I would think somebody would have caught this and been like, nah, like that's not gonna work in most markets, but it does work, dude. This shit gets popular. How many times have I touched them kids? The whole up rock be molested. My girl puts it in a bag. <laughs> what? Did he say the ops though? What, wait, no, wait. No. What was that line? This yeah, word, yeah, yeah, I need to yeah. know this line first. I need to know this context here. Yeah, let's uh, let's pull that up. What do you uh, think? The, the the line specifically is how many times have I touched them kids? The whole op block's been molested. That's exactly what I thought he said. That's what I thought he said as well. <laughs> that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> I was like, there's no way he said that. Yeah. There's no way he asked how many time, times I touched them kids. Uh-huh. And he's, he's literally saying, he's asking, you know, how many times do I touch them kids? And then tells you, I done molested the whole block. That's insane. <laughs> are those the lyrics? Those are the exact let lyrics. Let me see him, let me see him. I thought he was saying all, like, he's calling the ops kids. And he was like, how many got molested? No. Fucking all of them, dude. <laughs> Well, well, but that is kind of the line. He's like, the point is like, I done molested all these kids, but, but, the, <laughs> but there is context behind it because it's like slang for his like region. Uh huh. Where basically, who is this? Is this like storm? What does op mean? No, it's a. Uh, I actually don't know what op means. We're too much in a bubble to know. What op, op is means. a cop, dude. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so he's saying. So he's so saying he molested all the cops. He's saying dude. he knows where the cops live, and he done molested that whole block because of it. Oh, he molested the block. <laughs> yeah, he, the ops's block. The ops's block. Oh, so this kids thing is a whole separate line, probably. Well, the kids thing is what makes it out of pocket, no matter what the meaning is, because the I touched them kids, like that's supposed to be I stabbed these kids, and molested is oh. like you've been stabbed. So yeah. he's saying he stabbed every kid on the block, but I'm like, you still saying you stabbed every child on this block? And this is an English just, rapper, though, right? Yeah, he had an accent. Yeah. So like, okay, may it's different language for sure, but like the way that translates is mm-hmm. so bad, so bad. <laughs> and especially with just rap market just being a lot of Americans listening mm-hmm. to that, like, there's no way we're the only pe- people that hear that and think that's terrible. Yeah, like that's not good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough metaphor. Uh huh. It's by the artist's heady one. <laughs> yeah. I got a video I want to show you guys. I have a video I really, really want to show you guys. So Kanye is at a Pusha T album listening party, okay? And this is a six second clip of him giving a freestyle, apparently. And this is it. Just tell me what you guys think he said. I'll play it one more time. You gotta play it one more time. I yeah. might even need you to pass the phone this way. Yeah, absolutely. Hit yeah. replay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Way clear the second so time. So he's off that goose right now. Mm-hmm. No That's doubt. a fact. That's yes. a fact. Absolutely. 
I'm a little, I'm, I'm off that goose right now. I almost feel like was all the noises leading up to I'm off that goose right now, just him finding the words, I'm off the goose right now. Maybe that's the premise because he's off the goose. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of. He sounds like he's off the goose. He's absolutely off the goose. Uh-huh. Art in authenticity, I feel like is like, that's where it's at. Yeah, I think where, that's like, what Kanye does best. Oh yeah. We'll never know if he was thinking of words or just fucking off the goose. But yeah. now that we look back on it, we're like the goose is the words that was before it. And my favorite people are off something, dude. Mm-hmm. Kanye's off the meds and off the goose. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. <laughs> I like that for Kanye off the meds. Isn't like I'm on the meds. It's genuinely I'm off the meds. But when he's, he's, he's off, off the goose, he's on the goose. Exactly. <laughs> is great goose vodka like a big thing? Is mm-hmm. that good? Is that the good vodka? Is that what I should be drinking? Vodka is indistinguishable. But, but great goose is like the, the classic top shelf vodka. If you're going to a club, it's like you get great goose for your table service, you know, uh-huh. beautiful bottle. Mm-hmm. A lot of value in the bottle. I've never seen Dylan off the goose, dude. I've seen Dylan off the goose. Yeah. It's a good time. What's that like? He's a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, pretty rare though. Yeah. You're a very love forward person. I feel like at the end of the day, which is really cool. Like, I don't know if like a stranger would be like, oh, Dylan lives his life love as his frontal taste, you know, but like, I feel like when you really let yourself go, it's like, it's all good. That's like the vibe you give to everyone. Yeah. I've got no bad vibes or ill intentions towards any interaction I have. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes I probably come off as closed off, which is that's like all on me, you know? Like, that's not my intention to put out. That's just, like, who I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seem closed off for a little bit. I think some of your closed offness is what allows you to be love forward. Is because when things get past your walls, you can be like, hey, buddy, mm-hmm. nice to meet you. Yeah. Which, which is really good. never picture Dylan say, hey, buddy. Uh, nice yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say, hey, buddy, nice to meet <laughs> you for sure. I but. guarantee that's what your brain is saying to, like, you, like, let one color in from an experience. You mm-hmm. go, what a nice color. We're like me, I'm getting berated by a rainbow. (laughs) Like a fucking. Yeah, like my tunnel moves slow for sure. Like I've got time to process those new colors as they come in. Greg's at light speed, dude. Mm -hmm. Greg, uh, have you seen the scene at Interstellar when they're. they're going through the wormhole and he like sticks his hand out and like just it like morphs into like this crazy thing. Yeah. That's your brain. Mm hmm. You're going at such fast speeds, you have to stay in your little spaceship. And if you try to venture out, <laughs> things become like just fucking insane. Dude. Yeah, like I, I feel like the way I'm almost visualizing that is, yeah, you're moving through this tunnel so fast. But at certain points, you like slam into brick walls as you're moving super quick. <laughs> and like everything goes slow motion as you then move through that little bit before you speed back up into into like super fast, you know. I split those memories into two parts. It's like before I hit the brick wall. I, I pinpoint the motion of, oh, I'm hitting a brick wall. And then after that moment, it's always like a rebirth. Like I teleport through the wall into a new tunnel. I don't know if that's too heady, but like. I think, may, yeah, you, but you just view the tunnel differently after you hit the brick wall because mm-hmm. you got CTE, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense because like you're never changing tunnels, right? You're yeah, just you're never changing, changing perspective the on the tunnel. The blues just look different after you hit the wall hard mm-hmm. enough, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it reverberates a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that wouldn't happen, but <laughs> I feel like everybody's got their own obstacles hanging in their tunnels. Mine are just fucking walls. Brick <laughs> <laughs> walls. But you get through them because you're moving so damn fast, you know? Oh, dude, you're demolishing these brick yeah. walls. Absolutely. I like to think that, like, we're all spaceships and we're all around the same speed. 
but mine is just somersaulting ass over tail, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and you guys are like, oh, is Greg keeping up? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like he's just coming and slams into our ship and spins off of it as he's moving yeah. past us. Your, de- your spaceship's off the goose, dude. Mm-hmm. It's off the goose. Like your spaceship is moving faster than everybody else's, but really you're getting to the end at the same like rate as everybody else, but you're taking like some pretty crazy paths because you're yeah. moving so fast. Yeah, so this gnarly vertigo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People look over and he's like, oh, is he throwing up in a spaceship right now? <laughs> yeah. You at one point had a really good spaceship analogy about um, being in the cockpit and then like moving back through it and then at some point hanging off the end by like a rope. I don't remember the details of it. I don't know if you do. No, that's a pretty good description of it. I think when you're in the cockpit of your spaceship, you're looking through the window and you're getting as close while still being a human to experiencing what actually is. Mm -hmm. Various physical life situations will push you further back in that spaceship. Mm -hmm. And at one point when my life was going like worse, probably like when I was like, I deemed my life is going poorly. I felt like I was hanging off the back of a spaceship. This is not in control. Right. So the spaceship's flying through space and it's not doing it in the way I would love it to. It's not like optimizing for joy, but I'm like, thank God I'm still on the spaceship. Right. Because if you, if you get, if you lose the spaceship, you can cycle in a way where you're not going to complete the journey. I feel like. Mm -hmm. I feel like you never really like lose a spaceship until you off yourself though. Well, that's what I mean is like, it's, I agree. You cannot ever not touch the spaceship. But you can get so far off the spaceship where you can't imagine being in the cockpit ever again. And you're like, well, I'm committed to Which is the, That's why the analogy was born. You know what I mean? I was because I was like, thank God I didn't get so far off this so deep on the rope where I was like, I got to cut ties. Because I'm always imagining like the end of the rope is like you're behind the rocket engine. You're like getting the, fried. the chances yeah. that you can actually pull yourself back up that rope are like near impossible. Which is, it? then that happens. It's like, there's people mm-hmm. who have been through life experiences where there's just like, as much as you want there to be some way to recover, there maybe isn't. And like, that's just the reality of the situation. I think therapy is really interesting in the context of like, some people are looking for a heat shielded helmet. Mm-hmm. That's all therapy can offer. Like for me, I was like, I would really like to climb the rope. And they were like, yeah, you're not that far off the tail. We can get you there. And like, thanks to my situation where I have like good family and good friends and everything, it was no big deal. But some people, it's like, some people even just want sunglasses, bro. They're like (laughs) facing a rocket and they're just like, whatever, man, if I can get some sunglasses, it'll be like, if I don't yell at my wife anymore, we're chilling. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, did did you want to have goals? Did you want to have hobbies that weren't drinking? Do you want to like love your kids? And it's like, no, I'll just not hit my wife. So I keep my family together. And you're like, that's fine. You know? It's, yeah, it's better than hitting your wife and not keeping your family Absolutely. together and still drinking and doing all the other stuff. It's just like, you know, sometimes you get locked into like, that would be your, your long-term goal versus like mm-hmm. a short-term goal of like, I would like to go from, some people are in the cockpit and they're just not in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different realm. Or they're in the cockpit, but there's just like, there is no, there's like not even an effort made to grab, to grab the yoke or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I think there's a whole thing of like when you're in the cockpit of deciding where you want to go in this wonderful tunnel um that is like that is the highest point of life that i've seen so far is looking at you thinking everything in the world is wonderful Mm -hmm. what am i gonna pick Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. honestly that thought sent me off back of the rock chip (laughs) (laughs) but people like mike like i feel like 
were like, okay, I don't care about the greens. We're just going to go warm colors and head in that direction. And there's so much benefit to just picking and going. And I, I feel like it almost is an opportunistic thing where it's basically like if an opportunity prevents itself or presents itself and it's good, just take it. Yes. Because why aren't you taking it? Like if it's there, like if it's presenting itself to you, I feel like the mentality should be that like this opportunity is in front of you. So therefore you're like ready and should take that opportunity. Because why would you be getting the opportunity if you weren't ready for it? So it's like if you just do that and keep taking those opportunities to pop up, like that makes you a mic type. Yeah, because you can't control the steps as much as you can control out of your options. What do I pick? Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite authors who wrote The Time Warrior, uh, his quote is, don't order Chinese food if you're in a Mexican restaurant. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, I will only eat Chinese food and they starve until they somehow get it delivered, you know, mm -hmm. or it never comes where he's like out of your options, pick something. And then next time it comes around for another choice, you can keep going in the direction you want. Mm -hmm. Like a left, right, right, left. Oh, wait, that's fucked up. Left, right, left, left, right, right, left, right, right, right. Is still going to get you closer to your right goal than if you were at step one waiting to take a right. Fucking smooth brain. <laughs> smooth brain, man. <laughs>